You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. This psalm, we're still going through some psalms on Sunday nights, and Brother uh, Ronnie Babb, I've missed Brother Ronnie and Miss Betty so much, but they're really, they're struggling with their health. I hope you'll continue to pray for them. It's a favorite psalm of Brother Ronnie, and I'm so glad he requested it. I have about 10 or 12 still on my list I'd like to get through, and this was one of them. But if you notice in Psalm 121, the, uh, the inscription at the top or the description at the top, it's a song of degrees. Remember a few weeks ago uh, on Psalm 122, we talked about this, and the songs of degrees are also known as songs of ascension. And when God's people would make the trip three times a year, they'd make the trip to Jerusalem for the feast and going to worship God and offering the sacrifices, they would sing these songs, Psalm, uh, Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, 15 psalms. And, and uh, some historians tell us there were 15 steps once you got to Jerusalem leading up to the temple. And some believe that they would sing each song on each step as they went up to the temple to worship God. Uh, many Bible scholars would agree that these were definitely psalms that were sung while they were traveling. And for some folks, it was a long journey. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, how far you have to come to church. Uh, uh, somebody, uh, Brother Fisher was asking me last night, he said, how far do people come? And I said, we got a lot of folks that come 25 and 30 and 35 and some 40 and some 45 minutes away. Does anybody travel more than 45 minutes to get to church? I don't think we have anybody right now. We have in the past. That's a long way to travel. Uh, I was thinking about in uh, Geneseo uh, where my dad pastored. We had several families that traveled the, uh, the Bybees. I think, Brother Dan, I think your folks, probably about 30, 35 minutes. Uh, Lydia, your family was more than that. 45 maybe. Uh, Brother Jake, your wife, Miss Kelly, out there, were, they were about the same distance. They lived on opposite sides of the interstate, but out in that same way, about 45 minutes. And uh, I don't know uh, how far uh, uh, people had to travel, but they didn't have CD players. They didn't have cassette players. They didn't have uh, uh, iPods, or they didn't have uh, the music on their phone. And so as they're traveling this long journey, they would start singing. You know what happened as they started to travel and as they started to sing? They'd get their heart in the mode to worship God. And I'll tell you, I, I don't know what you do on your way to church, but it'd be good if you'd listen to some good music. It'd be good if you'd pray. It'd be good if on your way to church, if you just would get your heart right. It'd be good if on the way to church we weren't critical, we weren't negative, we weren't, if we just got our heart in position. Got our heart ready to worship. But these, uh, these folks, as they traveled to Jerusalem, they would use these psalms, these songs of degrees. Jerusalem was situated at a higher elevation than most of the other areas in Israel. And so it was definitely a journey that they would have to ascend. They would definitely have to climb. And you say, well, well climbing is hard work. And sometimes going to church is not easy. Sometimes getting ready and getting out the door is not easy. You know why? Because the devil doesn't want you to go to church. And the flesh doesn't want you going to church. And for those who are watching tonight, 
It's amazing how hard it is sometimes just to get the computer ready for a service. Or sometimes it's amazing how hard it is just to get the internet working right so you can watch a service. It's not easy. But can I tell you, when you get to church, when you get to the service, it's always worth it. It's always a blessing when you get to be in God's house and worship God and spend time with God and spend time with His people. But this was a song of degrees. And we see in Psalm 121, verse number 1, that the psalmist writes and says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Well, what was in the hills? Well, that was as they traveled up to Jerusalem and as they traveled to worship, that was a, 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 a visual of, of lifting up their eyes and seeing Jerusalem and seeing the temple and knowing that help was on the way, that knowing that victory was just around the corner. Lord, I pray that you'd help us and speak to our hearts and give us what we need from the Word of God. I pray that you'd help us to find that help and find that hope tonight from this psalm we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist writes and says, I will lift up mine eyes. You know, it's so important that we get our perspective and that we get our vision right. Now, I want you to, in your mind's eye, I want you to think about what is on your walls in your home. Or maybe what is in, on your walls at your workplace and some things that you get to pick and you get to put up. I have here at the church, I have a beautiful office that the church has uh, been so kind to me and uh, has given me and I love it. I love to I'll meet with our staff, I meet with people and I get to study in there and it's a wonderful place, but I get to choose what goes on the walls. You know what I put on the walls? I put all the hate mail that I get because I want to be reminded of all that and all the negative comments. And I, No, I don't put any of that up. And by the way, I don't get too much of that. Thank the Lord. But you know what I put on the walls? I put pictures of my family. I was thinking about it uh, this week as I was sitting at my desk. As I was studying. I was just looking at the pictures of my wife and our girls and Micah. Uh, I was looking at the picture of my dad I've got up there. I was looking at some Bibles. I was looking at my diploma. Hallelujah, glory to God. I graduated from college, you know, got a diploma. I was looking at some of the things that people have given to me and then just some things that are special. You know why those things are there? Because they remind me of what's really important. Reminds me of what really matters. And in your home, I hope you've got some pictures up of your family. I hope you got some, some sayings up of, of Scripture or things that encourage you, things that help you. Because what you look at is going to determine your heart. It's going to determine your attitude. Jeremiah said it like this in Lamentations. He said, my eye affects my heart. Now, I'll say this very carefully. But you know why a lot of people in the United States of America are depressed and discouraged right now? I'll tell you exactly why. Because every time they lift up their eyes, it's to the television. And every time they lift up their eyes, it's to the internet. And all they're being fed is negative. All they're being fed is how bad it is and how awful it is. And the world is coming to an end. And I got news for you. The world's coming to an end, but you and I do not know the day or the hour. And it's not up to us and it's not up to the politicians and it's not up to Hollywood. It's up to God. And when he decides that the time is up, then that trumpet's going to sound and we're out of here. But I don't have to worry about that. That's not up to me. That's up to God. 
But we must lift up our eyes and get our perspective right. You see, as they traveled to Jerusalem, they lifted up their eyes and they saw the hills and they realized there is help for us. The psalmist said, my help, verse 2, my help cometh from who? The Lord. You see, help was there all along. He just had to lift up his eyes and see it. He just had to lift up his eyes and recognize it. Our help is available. Our help is near. Our help is in the Lord. But our perspective must be right. We look everywhere for help. We look to friends and we look to family and we look to strategies and we look to finances and we look to, to plans and programs. But friend, our help is in the Lord. Our help is only in the Lord. And when we look to the Lord, that's when we get help. Notice Psalm 123, verse 1. The psalmist says, Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. We must lift up our eyes and look for our help. Would you turn with me to Isaiah 51? We'll come back to Psalm 121, but I want you to look at Isaiah 51. As we lift up our eyes, we find there's help. Aren't you glad there's help in the Lord? Aren't you glad that there is help in God? And aren't you glad that you're not alone? Aren't you glad that things are not uh, uh, over and things aren't done? Because God is able to help us. Isaiah 51, verse number 6. The Bible says, lift up your eyes to the heavens. And look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. We must lift up our eyes to the hills. We must lift up our eyes to heaven and realize that we've been saved and realize that we have eternal life. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4, go forward a couple books. Uh, Daniel's right after the book of Ezekiel. Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar has been judged because of his pride. He has been made to live like a wild animal, like a beast of the field because of his pride and because he exalted himself and he lifted himself up. But notice Daniel chapter 4 and verse number 34. Nebuchadnezzar says, and at the end of the days... I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised Him that liveth forever and ever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, His kingdom is from generation to generation. Notice verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, His ways are judgment, and those that walk in Pride, he is able to abase. Nebuchadnezzar said, I had to lift up mine eyes and I had to see God so I'd get my humility. Maybe today, maybe tonight, you need to lift up your eyes for your help. Maybe you need to lift up your eyes to heaven and realize that you've been saved, you've been born again. Maybe you need to lift up your eyes and see God and realize and remember that he's God and we're not. Maybe we need to lift up our eyes so that we can recognize how little we are. 
and how wicked we are and how sinful we are and how much we need God. God, help us and God, forgive us for our pride. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 4. We lift up our eyes and we look and we see some things. And in John chapter 4, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, don't say there are four months and then cometh harvest. He said, oh no, that's not the way it is. He says in verse number 35, there are, say not there are four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. Can I tell you what we need as a church? We need to lift up our eyes and see the harvest field. When we leave these doors and when we go out to the workplace and we go out in the community and we go out in the neighborhood and you're driving down the highway or you're driving down the road and you see people everywhere, you need to realize that every person you pass is going to heaven or they're going to hell. And there is a harvest that is all around us. People need the Lord, but you and I will not see it if we don't open our eyes and lift up our eyes and look on the harvest. You see, that's why we're, we're trying to get things rolling with missionaries. That's why we're trying to get things rolling with our soul winning and get things rolling with our bus ministry and get things rolling with our services because while we wait, there are people that are dying and going to a place called hell. Don't lose your vision during COVID. Don't lose your vision during the, the pandemic. Don't lose your vision while you're, you're seeing all the rioting and the looting and all the craziness in the world. Don't forget that there are people that need Jesus. And if we would reach them with the gospel, we might not have the mess we've got. We might see this nation turned around if we'd get Jesus to them. But we must lift up our eyes on the harvest. And then Matthew chapter 17, I love this verse. I've read this before. I hadn't really seen it quite like this until this last week, but Matthew 17, verse number six, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and they were sore afraid. And Jesus came and he touched them. And he said, arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man Save Jesus only. When they looked up, they didn't see anybody but Jesus. He was the only one they saw. And wouldn't it be great if we would get our vision corrected to that point where the only one we see is Jesus. We don't see the problems and we don't see the negative and we don't see all the burdens and we don't see all the distractions and we don't see all the wickedness. We just get our eyes back on Jesus. May God help us to lift up our eyes and see Him. Because when you see Jesus, you realize that He's the only one you need to see. He's the only one that really matters. Isaiah 6 it was the year that King Uzziah died. That was a bad year. That was a bad time for Isaiah the prophet. The king had died and the nation was, was in a time of transition. And it was in that time that the king died and Isaiah said, I saw the Lord and he was sitting upon a throne. He was high 
and he was lifted up. And Isaiah said, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, and I am a man of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king. And when Isaiah saw the Lord, when that's all he saw, when that's all that mattered to Isaiah, Isaiah then said, here am I, send me. You know what will help us to serve God? Is when we first get a glimpse of him. When we get our eyes on him. When we take our eyes off the problem, we take our eyes off of all the burdens, we take our eyes off of the, 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 the waves and all the storm around us. And like Peter, we, we walk on the water as long as we have our eyes on Jesus. We must lift up our eyes to see him and him alone. The psalmist writes in Psalm 121, he says, I'm going to lift up my eyes. I've been looking down too long. I've been looking at the problems too long. I've had my focus wrong for, for far too long, but I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills because that is where my help comes from. Hallelujah. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now you think about that. If God could make the heavens, I think, Brother Nathan, I think you talked about this last Sunday a little bit, about the, the galaxies and about the stars and about the planets and about the, the amazing creation of our God. If God could make all of that, if God could make the earth, by the way, we live in a, on a beautiful, beautiful earth. We live in a beautiful country. Uh, I love this country. I'm thankful for it. It's a beautiful place. But can I tell you, if God could make all of that by speaking the words. If God could create all of this, don't you think that he can help you with your problem? Say, Pastor, you don't understand the financial situation I'm in. And I don't. You're right, I don't. But do you understand that God created the heavens and the earth and now he says, I'm going to help you. I think he's got it under control. You say, but what about, you don't understand my health situation. You don't understand all I'm going through. And I think you need to be wise, and I think you need to be cautious, and I think you need to, uh, you know, listen to the doctor. I don't think you need to be crazy. But here's what I'm saying. We worry, don't we? we, we well, I do. Maybe you don't. But I, we worry sometimes, right? We stress. We panic sometimes. And we forget that our help is in the Lord. And he's got it all under control. Our help is in the Lord, and he made heaven and earth. You say, but pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through with my relationships with, maybe it's with a spouse, maybe it's with a child, maybe it's a, a child or a teen with a parent, maybe it's with a grandchild, maybe it's a coworker, and you say, you don't understand how difficult my situation is, and I may not understand it, but I know this, God can help. He's able he says he, that he is there, he's available to help. And he made the heaven and the earth. He made you and he made me. I think he knows how we work. I think he understands how we function. And God is able to help. God is able to help if you're going through fear or worry or stress. God is able to help you emotionally. God is able to help you uh, with decisions. God is able to help with your job. God is able to help with the school year. God is able to help with the church and help with the ministry and help with the marriage. God is able to help. He's available. But so many times we don't lift up our eyes and look to him for our help. Verse number three, 
He will not suffer or he will not allow your foot to be moved. He's not going to, he's not going to let your steps slip. He's not going to let you be tripped up. He's not going to let you fall down on your journey. He's going to direct your path. But then notice this. He that, uh, he, will, he that keepeth thee, or he that protects you, he will not slumber. goes on to say in verse 4, he that keepeth Israel, he that guards Israel and protects Israel, protects the, the whole nation, he protects all of us. It says, he shall neither slumber nor sleep. Now think about this. Obviously, we know what sleep is, but slumber is when you get drowsy. That's before you go to sleep. Some of you are right there about now. And it's, it's right before you drift off and you, you fight and you try to, you, you're trying to stay awake, but you're getting sleepy. Um, God has never been there. God's never experienced that. He's never been up on the throne in heaven thinking, oh man, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to keep an eye on Nathan Anderton down there because I'm getting, getting sleepy. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to keep an eye on, on Buddy Hoggard. I don't know. I'm kind of getting sleepy. I'm not sure I'm going to keep my eyes open. Oh no. God's not, God's not looking for coffee. God's not looking for caffeine. God's not looking for an energy drink so that he can stay awake. He never gets tired. He never goes to sleep. He's never unaware of what we're going through. Now, we get tired. Oh, we get tired. We get worn out. Some of us, we're already looking forward to tonight. You know, when we hit the pillow, say, that's going to be good. I don't know about Brother and Mrs. Graham. They've had, and some of the, the saints alive, they've had some early Sunday mornings. And if you don't get a nap, that's a long day. But can I tell you, God's never been sleeping. God's never been tired. God has never gone to sleep. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. A mother uh, may try to stay up in the night with a baby, and, and at some point that mother's going to have to sleep. But God's never slept. A soldier, he may be in battle, and at some point he's going to have to sleep. Or a, a police officer or a security guard or a home security guard may have to sleep at some point. A president has to sleep. A general has to sleep. A king has to sleep. But God never does. Aren't you glad that God keeps us, He protects us 24-7 around the clock? We all need sleep. Unless you're Brother Nathan on the radio and every hour you've got to be in the room to say what time it is. But other than that, we all need sleep. Now, if you have something in the middle of the night you need, Brother Dan said you're more than welcome to call him at uh, all hours of the day or night. But we all, we need sleep. But God doesn't sleep. He never gets tired. He takes care of you. He takes care of me. The Bible says the Lord is thy keeper, verse 5. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. That's an interesting phrase. You say, well, what is that talking about? Well, Many Bible scholars believe that when a soldier went to battle, they had a shield usually in their left hand and they had a sword in the right hand. So the right side, although they had the sword, that right side was unprotected. 
Uh, that right side was, was vulnerable maybe to a, a spear or to an arrow or to some projectile that was uh, being hurled at them. And so although this side they were okay, this side they were exposed. But God says, I'll be your shade, I'll be your protection on your right side. I'll, I'll take care of the areas that you can't take care of. I'll take care of the things that are out of your control. It says in verse number six, the sun shall not smite thee by day. Boy, that's a great promise for a day like today when the heat index at 530 was 109 degrees. That's a good promise. The heat, it's not going to be too much for you. And at nighttime, the cold's not going to touch you. God said, I'll take care of you day and night. I'll take care of you in the good times. I'll take care of you in the bad times. I'll take care of the things you can see. I'll take care of the things you cannot see. You remember some years ago, there was a press conference. I remember seeing the press conference at the time or at least right after, but uh, it was during the, uh, I think it was during the, uh, the Gulf War. Donald Rumsfeld was being interviewed and uh, Donald Rumsfeld uh, uh, Dan, I think, I think Donald Rumsfeld, I think he actually went to Princeton. I remember thinking, that man's brilliant. Kind of reminded me of Dr. Jorgensen, who Brother Fisher was talking about this morning. But Donald Rumsfeld, he was so, he's, he's a, he was a brilliant man. And, you know, for, I think a lot of these reporters, they weren't even on the same level, you know, that he was on. But he was telling them, just a matter of fact, he said, well, there are some known knowns that we're facing in Iraq. He said, there are some unknown knowns there's some things that we know we don't know about. And then he said, and then there are some unknown unknowns. And you should have seen the looks on those reporters' faces like, come again? You mean there's, there's unknown unknowns? Like, what is that? Somebody asked him about it. He said, well, there's some things that we know we know about. There are some things we know we don't know about. But then he said, there's some things that we don't even know <laughs> that we don't know about. And I'll tell you, I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know what's coming tomorrow, and neither do you. But I know who does. And not only does he know about tomorrow, but he's got it under control. He is sovereign. The Lord shall preserve thee, verse 7, from all evil. Every evil, everything he's going to be able to preserve you and protect you. He'll preserve thy soul. Not only can he take care of your life, but he'll save your soul. And then notice verse number eight. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time right now and even forevermore. So what is that talking about? Well, your going out is when you leave and your coming in is when you get back. God's going to take care of you during the trips, he told his people. He'll take care of you when you're going to Jerusalem. He'll take care of you during the battles. He'll take care of you for the daily tasks. When you leave the house in the morning, God will take care of you. When you come back at night, God will take care of you. When you go to work, God will take care of you. When you come home from work, God will take care of you. When you go to school, when you come back from school, when you go to church, when you come back from church, God said, I'll take care of you now and forevermore. Aren't you glad? that in this life and in the next, God said, I will keep you. He said, I'll protect you. I'll guard you. I will watch over you. I will preserve you from this time and forevermore. 
Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.